The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now here's your host, Mary Woods. Good afternoon everyone and Happy New Year. Um, Welcome to 2016 and I think we have a very appropriate topic to begin the year with. Um, today we're going to be talking about spirituality and recovery and spirituality and healing. And I think for those of us who have worked in this profession for a long time, we've always understood that there's three, three legs of the stool, if you will. Um, there's the um, substance abuse and mental illness have a biological component, they have an emotional component, and they have a spiritual component. And there's often times when... People will say that, um, you know, the alcohol or the drugs or whatever fills the hole in their soul. And we're very lucky today to have as our guest um, Reverend Thomas Hoare, who is president of St. Edmund's Retreat in Enders Island in Mystic, Connecticut, and and he's a chaplain for the U.S. Naval Submarine Base in Groton, Connecticut. Um, Let me tell you a little bit about Father Tom. He was ordained to the priesthood in 1978. He has served in many parishes and campuses until um, 1993 when he came to St. Edmund's Retreat on Enders Island in Mystic, Connecticut, where he still resides. Father Tom has been the retreat director, director of development, director of Enders Island, and from 2003 the president, the president of St. Edmund's Retreat. Father Tom established the St. Michael's Institute of Sacred Art and St. Maximilian Kobe Recovery Residence while at Enders Island. He is a chaplain of the U.S. Naval Submarine Base in Groton. Father Tom received his Doctor of Philosophy in Humanities from the Program in Culture and Technology at Sabe Regina College, I'm sorry, University, in Newport, Rhode Island in 2011, and he received his first doctoral degree in 1987 from Michigan State University in Student Development and Higher Education Administration. Welcome to One Hour at a Time, Father Tom. Thanks, Mary. Happy New Year to you, and uh, I'm uh, thrilled to be uh, chatting with you today. Well, you know, this is such a great topic because I think in both um, mental health, especially I think in the substance abuse world, we understand spirituality as as an important component component to recovery, and I'm not sure that um, that often gets um, talked about as much in mental health, and I'm just wondering... Um, if you could just kind of quickly um, explain to us what what is spirituality and how does it differ from religion? Well, um, it was interesting. I, I was preaching a retreat uh, about a month ago uh, to 25 uh, men in recovery. They came, they came for a weekend retreat, and we were, we were uh, ta- it was an 11 step. The 11 step of uh, 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 Alcoholics Anonymous is to increase your conscious contact with God through prayer and meditation. And a lot of times uh, uh, people uh, have had bad experiences or they've had very um, 
unfulfilling uh, experiences with churches or church communities or uh, because of their their life experience or their addictions, they feel alienated from uh, church communities because they feel they're they're being judged. So they want to they want to have a relationship with with a higher power with God, uh, but they're but they're afraid of getting sucked back into the um, to the world in which they uh, have felt unwelcomed and unloved. And so I think when you're talking about spirituality, I think it's that deep desire uh, for, uh, for individuals to have an intimacy, a spiritual uh, intimacy with, with God, uh, as, as however you understand God. Um, and, and, I, and I've been talking a lot lately about the second step in, uh, in, the, in the 12 steps. It says, uh, came to believe that a power greater than uh, ourselves could restore us to sanity, and I, I'm coming to uh, to really uh, uh, see this as an important linchpin in the whole uh, uh, process of recovery, because the, the the second step is you know came to believe. The third step is made the decision to turn my life and my will over to the care of God. But a lot of people are, are skipping this second step. Um, and and trying to uh, have uh, uh, a spiritual life without intimacy with a divine being, and uh, and where I see a, a problem with this. Um, so Mary, you gotta you gotta uh, jump in uh, when when you when you want. But what I, the, the the problem I see with this is when people have bad experiences with God, they want to create God. And the, uh, in the 12 step, it says, you know, the God of my understanding. I think what, what's happening is too many people are, uh, uh, are changing that to the God of my creation. And so I create a God or a higher power or a divine essence that allows me to do what I want to do. I, I think real intimacy with the, the spiritual being, with God, uh, is, a, is challenges us. And helps us to find balance. Uh, one of the fellows on that retreat said, you know, I'm celebrating 14 years of physical sobriety, but I'm only celebrating about two years of spiritual and um, uh, emotional sobriety. And, and that led to a, a really profound discussion amongst the, the men on the, on the retreat. What, what's the difference? It's not just putting down the drink or the drug or uh, 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 the, uh, whatever the obsession is. It's about having a, a, a balance in your life physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And spiritually is that, that intimacy. Um, there's a, there's a, uh, in the second chapter of the, the Hebrew Scriptures, what uh, the, uh, what the uh, uh, Christians call the, the Old Testament, the book of Genesis, there's, a, there's an image of God walking with Adam in the quiet of the garden. And God uh, says to Adam, you know, it's not good for you to be alone. Let us make you a helpmate. And, and so uh, Eve is, is created. But why I bring that up is that, that, that walking with God in the intimacy on the quiet of the garden, God knows what we need before we even uh, are able to articulate it. And that's where I think spiritual uh, kind of spirituality is. 
is opening ourselves up to allowing God into our lives so that we can not only talk to, to, uh, to God, but are able to be open uh, to listening to God. Well, you know, I, I just want to, uh, I've got a lot of questions in my mind as you're talking. I, a long time ago, early in my life, I had a few, um, for, what for, for me were really horrible things happen, and somebody recommended that I read um, Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? Because up until that point, my my belief is that, you know, if you had enough faith, God would protect you from bad things. And um, and if you did have something bad happen to you, then either your faith wasn't strong enough or you weren't a good enough Catholic or you hadn't been to Mass enough or whatever. And there was this whole kind of punitive um, connotation to God. And I think so, a lot of us are brought up with God not being a God of love, but more of a a God who holds us accountable. Yeah, and I think that's unfortunately uh, a misread. And, and that's why I think right now what's very, very popular is what in some senses can be called the, the, uh, the theology of prosperity. If, uh, if you're good and you're doing what God wants, you'll be rewarded. But now, now remember, I'm a Catholic priest, so my, my worldview is very much... Uh, um, Kind of formed by my my uh, my my Catholic faith in the in the Catholic community. I, I tell everybody this all the time. We have truth in uh, in advertising. We put on the walls of all of our churches, chapels, and cathedrals what we call the Stations of the Cross. And the Stations of the Cross are the uh, are the is the journey of Jesus to Calvary and to the empty tomb. And you know, Jesus surrenders his life and his will to, uh, to the Father in the, in, the, uh, in the first station, which is kind of the, the third step of, uh, of recovery for uh, those who follow the 12 steps of, of recovery, surrendering your, your life. And immediately after he surrenders his life, uh, all his friends run away. He's, he's, uh, he's uh, thrown into prison. He's... Uh, uh, is judged to be uh, a danger to the to the people, and uh, they send him to the secular world to the power of uh, of Rome, and they condemn him to death. And he and he doesn't he doesn't argue, try to get himself out of it. He accepts it. But what 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 happens when he when he accepts the cross? You know, he takes the cross, which we see as a symbol of 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 hope and healing. Uh, he takes the cross upon his shoulders, and what does he immediately do? The, 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 uh, the, station, the third station is he falls for the first time. And so he, he, he surrenders his life, and then stuff starts to happen, and he stumbles and he falls. But he doesn't, he doesn't lay there in the muck. He gets up and he continues the journey. And I think that's a, a, a tremendous um, example in, uh, for us. You know, just because um, we've surrendered our lives to God doesn't mean life is going to be easy. We're going to stumble and fall, and stuff's going to happen. But the, but the promise that Jesus has made, and the promise I think that God makes uh, through, uh, throughout the, the experience of the Judeo-Christian experience, is that he's, he's going to remain faithful, he's going to remain uh, 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 always there. And he's going to give us the grace to deal with the stuff we have to deal with. And I think that's one of the problems that uh, our modern world has is that uh, um, we think that uh, if, if God uh, uh, um, 
doesn't do what we want him to do. We say, well, he's not listening to my prayers. Well, sometimes he listens to our prayers and he says no, because he has something better for us. You know, there's an old preacher's, there's an old preacher's story about a, a woman who is just overwhelmed with the, the experiences of her life, and she calls out to God, please take this, take this burden, take this cross from me. And, um, and so uh, the Lord appears to her, and she says, now don't misunderstand me. I'd be happy to, to carry a cross, um, but just not this one. It's so, so difficult. And so the Lord takes the cross from her shoulders and puts it off to the side, takes her into this vast expanse and says, uh, my dear, pick out the cross that you're willing to carry. And she, she tries them on. There's, there's millions of crosses. Some are, are richly made and some are very simply made. Some are heavy, some are light, some are long, some are short. And after a great long time, she tries them on and none of them fit, but she finds this little cross in the corner of the room and she puts it on and she says, this is it. It's not too heavy. It's not too light. Not too short, not too, not too long. This is the one I'll carry. And she brings it up to the Lord and she says, Lord, uh, this is the cross I'm willing to carry. And he smiles and he says, my, my dear, my, my beloved one, that's the cross you asked me to take from your shoulder when you came here. All of us in our human ex- uh, uh, experience are going to deal with difficulty. We're going to deal with with, with stuff that's going to weigh us down, that's going to hurt us. The question is, how do we deal with it? For those uh, who struggle with the, uh, addictive personalities, oftentimes we try to drown out that, those, that pain with, with substances and activities that really isolate us and really rob us of any hope of peace. What, what um, the spiritual life is, it's about surrendering that and trusting that God is going to give us the grace we need to deal with the stuff we need to deal with. That's why in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is telling people, you know, pray for the people you don't like. And we, and we, look, in, we look in the 12 steps of, of recovery, and, and we're, we're talking about making amends. We're talking about praying for the people that, that have hurt us. We'll be right back after this commercial to talk more about um, spirituality and recovery. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. 
The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back to One Hour at a Time. This is Mary Woods, and we're talking today about spirituality and recovery with um, Father Thomas Hoare, who is the president of St. Edmund's Retreat in Enders Island in Mystic, Connecticut, and he's also a chaplain of the U.S. Naval Submarine Base in Groton, Connecticut. Before we went to break, we were talking about um, the whole concept that um, we would be pain-free from in life. If we had enough faith, we wouldn't have pain in our life, which... We know that's not true, and that the the connection between recovery and feeling connected to something, and for those people that are um, involved in 12-step programs, there, there's a whole path of recovery based on spiritual principles that come from many different places, but they go back to the Oxford movement um, in the early 19, the 19th century, so that if people aren't involved in a 12-step program, the whole concept of spirituality is equally important. It, they may not get it through the same pathway, but the whole idea of being connected to people, about um, having faith that you can, you can faith and self-confidence and, and the belief in yourself and in others that you can move forward and manage whatever life throws at you. And I, and I think... Um, I was brought up to believe that faith was a gift, but I also know that faith is the absence of fear. And I'm just wondering, um, Father Tom, in terms of spirituality and, and, and fear, because a lot of folks who are in recovery, um, they have to deal with a lot. They have to deal with previous behaviors that may have legal complications or implications. They have to make amends to a whole bunch of people. So, um, can we talk a little bit about fear and faith? Oh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. And I think one of the things that you you uh, brought up, uh, Mary, that's uh, vitally important is that um, uh, you can't do this alone. You know, um, one of, one of the things uh, that happens when people fall into the the pattern of addiction is isolation, and they and they they are overwhelmed by shame and guilt. And fear. Many, many people you'll hear who are uh, struggling with uh, uh, the issues of addiction and enter into recovery will, will, will say that they have lived their whole lives in fear. And one of the, one of the great things about uh, surrendering your life and your will to the care of God is, um, is to be able to then uh, embrace uh, and be embraced by others. So that that whole notion of isolation um, can begin to melt away, and 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 what uh, people in recovery will talk about is that they have they have found people who understand them when they enter into uh, this 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 journey. 
with others, a fellowship. The the 12-step community is that, it's it's what it is. It's a community. It's a fellowship of uh, people who have, have had similar experiences. And so they can embrace us and help us to live our lives free from fear. And I, and I think that uh, uh, one of the uh, ways to, uh, for people who don't uh, maybe uh, follow the, the 12 steps uh, uh, program is that they can find that, uh, that fellowship uh, in temples, in uh, synagogues, in churches, in faith groups of all different types, but it's, it's being um, with someone else. Because I think uh, one of the, uh, I think, uh, stumbling blocks in trying to develop the spiritual life uh, is, uh, is you can't do it in isolation. Because uh, creating, creating our own concept of God or our own, uh, uh, you know, divine uh, in our heads just doesn't work. Because so often we've created uh, worlds uh, that have, uh, have led us into not only addictive behavior, but uh, have led us down a path of fear. And so being able to uh, listen to the wisdom of, of others. In the 12-step community, they have group consciences uh, where they, they sit and, they, and they, uh, they, they quiet down, they pray, and then the wisdom uh, of, their, of their higher power will work in, in, uh, in, in discussions of the group. And so community is an important part of living free from fear. And I think uh, that fear sometimes can be a barrier to relationships. And so um, uh, if we can begin to develop relationships, healthy relationships um, uh, with other people, especially people who can really understand our, our experience. And that's why uh, oftentimes in, group, uh, uh, in groups, people share their experience, strength, and hope so that uh, people begin to uh, become connected. And when you become, uh, begin to become t- uh, connected, you can open yourself up to uh, having a, uh, a relationship with that higher power, no matter how you uh, uh, describe uh, that, that being. Well, and I think the other thing that you were talking about, too, is that um, people who, 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 who are shame-based, whether it's through as a result of their um, substance abuse or their or their mental illness or just sometimes the way they were brought up, um, really struggle to be comfortable in their own skin. And, and I think it's really hard if you're not able to develop a relationship with yourself to really develop a relationship, a spiritual relationship with, with a higher power. And, well, I, and I, Mary, I absolutely agree. And that's why uh, the, I think the first step is uh, and, and before you can actually develop a relationship with yourself, uh, oftentimes the first step is, uh, is uh, relating to an, another. You know, uh, uh, having someone embrace you and say, I understand, is the first step, I think, in, in uh, developing uh, that type of spiritual uh, kind of uh, wellness uh, and an opportunity to have a, uh, uh, a, a relationship with God or with that, with that higher power. Because 
oftentimes, you know, uh, God is, uh, in some senses, theoretical, or he's out there, or he, we have misconcepts uh, of him, and our fear and our shame have become barriers. But when someone embraces you uh, at, a, at a 12-step meeting or uh, at a group meeting or even a, a church community and says, you're welcome here, uh, we, uh, we, we, we can identify uh, with you, uh, we, we understand your struggle, uh, and we accept you. That, in many senses, is the first step on the spiritual journey, as well as on the journey of recovery. And in going along with, that, with those thoughts, I know that um, in, sometimes in order to feel worthy of being embraced, people really need to look at forgiving themselves um, before they ask for the forgiveness of others. And, and I think spirituality plays a part in being able to forgive yourself. Oh, oh absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think it's a, um, it's a uh, kind of a, I don't know, two-edged sword or it's a, it's a, uh, a this and a that. Um, uh, uh, they go, they go so much hand in hand. Oftentimes, if I can't forgive myself, then I'm not going to uh, open myself up to the other. And if I don't up- open myself up to the other, I'll have no real experience of anyone uh, accepting me or loving me. And so I think it's a, it's a two-pronged approach uh, in that process of healing and developing uh, a relationship with, uh, with the higher power and a, and a, and a spiritual richness. Uh, it's, a, it's a multiple, it's faceted uh, uh, experience. Exactly. But, often, I, I, but oftentimes uh-huh. people, as you say, as you say, Mary, oftentimes people are 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 are, are, are prevented from taking that first step because of the fear. And uh, now, from again, from my perspective as a as as a Catholic who reads the the, the New Testament, all through the New Testament, uh, the you you hear. Uh, the story uh, or the phrase, be not afraid, be not afraid. Um, and I think if you read uh, many of the other sacred writings and, and, and some of the, uh, the many spiritual uh, writers uh, through the century, you read uh, there's that same, uh, that same theme uh, that um, is uh, woven in there, be not afraid. God is a, a God of of love and forgiveness and healing and mercy. Um, and, and I think a lot of people need to hear that message. I, I think one of the, the biggest challenges today to spiritual balance and, and, uh, and health is a lack of hope. Mm-hmm. Lack of hope. So how do we, how do we um, uh, introduce hope uh, to people who are imprisoned by fear? Who are uh, isolated from themselves, from uh, and from others, and ultimately from God, uh, is uh, we we tell them the story, the stories of hope. We tell them the stories of healing, um, and 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 a lot of uh, of the of the sacred writings of the world, you will hear stories of healing and hope. And I think uh, uh, a lot of times people see well, those are that's in the past. That's in the past. But, you know, if you go, go to enough uh, 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 AA meetings or NA meetings or OA meetings or, or group uh, uh, sessions, you will hear people telling their stories of, of healing and hope. And I think that's uh, a message that is 
absolutely uh, essential uh, to inviting people to discover the journey of, uh, of, of uh, the spiritual life. Well, and I think it's incumbent on those of us who um, treat people with mental illness or substance use disorders to create an environment of hope for the people we treat and for our families because, you know, there's a certain um, helplessness to any chronic illness and there's a certain, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of stigma and discrimination that people experience that have substance use disorders and mental illness and, and being able as providers and as people who work with folks to have hope for them and to have hope for the families and to know that things can get better. I think that's a really big part of what we need to do um, as treatment providers. Well, I think, I think you're absolutely right. And one of the things I think that, that sometimes happens is people are afraid. If you're a provider, uh, you're afraid to, uh, to share those uh, personal experiences because you don't want to cross the professional boundaries. So it's how do you how do you do that? How do you how do you live as a person of hope you know, and and share that uh, while remaining uh, within the professional boundaries of uh, of your of your practice? Well, I think there are a lot of ways you can do it that are both verbal and nonverbal. I think looking people in the eye and smiling at them, whether they're reeking of alcohol and, you know, disheveled or, um, you know, they smell of urine or whatever, I think there are many ways to impart hope, um, both verbally and nonverbally. And we can talk more about that after this commercial. listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone, and Happy New Year once again. We're talking about spirituality and recovery with uh, Father Thomas Hoare, who is the president of St. Edmund's Retreat in Enders Island, Mystic, Connecticut, and he's also chaplain for the U.S. Naval Submarine Base in Groton, Connecticut. Before going to commercial, um, Father Tom was talking about the importance of hope and posed um, what may have been a rhetorical question, but I chose to answer it in terms of how do we... Um, share hope with folks and one of the ways that Father Tom was talking about was in sharing our stories and in sharing um, our own experiences and, and how do you balance that when you're in a treatment that, um, when, you're, when you're a treatment provider and you don't want to cross those boundaries and, and, and I was saying how I think how we treat people um, looking people in the eye always smiling and making them feel welcome, having um, an environment when people come in that is not all beige and plastic, that, that you share, you show people that they have worth from the time they come through your door. And I think that the other thing is, is just knowing in your heart as a treatment provider that these are chronic illnesses from which everyone has the capacity to recover and being able to share that message over and over and over again. Um, when I first worked in um, in the field of um, substance abuse, I worked as a nurse in a detox unit in Boston and Kenmore Square. And I can remember at the end of the year, we were reviewing some of the guys who had come through. And one of one of the um, one of the data points showed that one man had been in our detox unit 64 times that year. Now, there were 10 detox units in Boston at the time. And I remember the staff saying, yeah, it's really great because he was here 106 times the year before. And just being able to reframe that somebody had made some progress, even though to me, as a new person in the field, I've been thinking, oh, my God, that's horrible. But for them, it was like, this is progress. There is hope here. And I think hope is something we really sometimes have to look for and have to kind of be outside the box and looking for it. So... So those are my thoughts on hope, but um. no, I, I I absolutely agree with you because, uh, uh, as they say in the in the rooms of recovery, uh, progress not perfection, and you know, uh, and a lot of us uh, try to fit ourselves into um, a like we just celebrated uh, you know Christmas and 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 uh, Thanksgiving and New Year's and all Hanukkah and and a lot of festive uh, uh, family uh, times and. And when people don't fit into the Norman Rockwell uh, uh, image of what family is, what uh, what uh, uh, you know a, a celebration should be, uh, they feel uh, they you know, they feel isolated. They feel uh, detached. They don't uh, and 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 sometimes they're looking um, uh, to create something uh, that's not possible. And, and, and so encouraging them to discover hope in, uh, in relationships in new and exciting ways uh, may be the thing that brings about uh, the healing and uh, helps to uh, alleviate the, the, the shame and the guilt so that they can uh, discover 
that this journey that they're on, um, it may not be the same journey other members of their family are on, or are are not the way that their uh, their siblings or their parents or their spouses think they should be doing, but that it is uh, it's a journey that is drawing them deeper and deeper into uh, the mystery and the and the wonder uh, of God's uh, love and uh, and and uh, they discover that they are they are cherished by others. I, I think that's uh, a kernel of hope that we can um, uh, uh, plant that can grow, and it's not going to grow overnight. It's going to take time. You know, I really agree with that, and I think one of the things that often happens for families, especially um, who have been exposed to some types of addiction treatment, is, you know, um, they want their family member to, to live and survive, and they're willing to do whatever they need to do to make to facilitate that person's survival and getting well. And I think oftentimes we, we put such a negative spin on that by calling them enabling when the reality of it is that they just want their person to, to survive and they want their family member to live and they want to have hope that that can happen. So I think sometimes the way we label things can um, either encourage hope or can really take hope away. Oh, I think you're very right. We put We like to put people into boxes and... and and, and label those boxes and put them neatly on the shelf. Uh, but when you're dealing with uh, human life, it's not always neat. Uh, 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 really, many of us uh, have to deal with lots of messy components to our lives, and especially if we're struggling with uh, addiction or, or, or some type of mental illness, or we have people in our families um, uh, who, uh, who are suffering with it. Uh, and so I think we have to we have to instill hope in the fa- the family members as well as in the in the in the in the clients and the patients. Um, during the break, Father Tom and I were talking, and I said I believe that um, spirituality is a personal journey, um, and that people experience it differently. Um, I and I think that spirituality is different than practicing religion as well. And so um, what are, you, what are your, your reaction to that, Father Tom? Well, I, th- I, think, you're, I think you're right. But I also th- I would say that with a caveat because one of the things uh, that we have to be careful of is that we don't, um, uh, in our isolation, okay, and in, in, um, in trying to develop a relationship with, with a higher power, with a, with a, you know, a spiritual being, with developing a spiritual life, that we, that we try to do it in isolation. Yes, it's individually. And my relationship with, with Jesus is different than the relationship with the, with the, the woman sitting next to me in the, in, in the pew on Sunday morning is different. But there's a commonality. I mean, there's a, there's, there are common components. That's why um, uh, uh, we have the Fellowship of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous because it helps us uh, from creating um, uh, something in our heads that is unhealthy, because you know uh, um, you know you've been around people uh, struggling with these issues for long enough that we can create in our own mind an alternative world, an alternative universe, and we can also create an alternative God or higher power that is unhealthy, and, and being part of a fellowship or a community of believers. Uh, helps check us 
It helps to keep us, in some senses, grounded so that my personal relationship with uh, a higher power is not, uh, uh, in many senses, a bizarre relationship, but a healthy relationship. And, and that's why I think uh, uh, it's important to be part of a, of a praying community. The, um, the 11th step in Alcoholics Anonymous or in the 12-step community says to increase, increase our conscious contact with God through prayer and meditation. Well, if we uh, try to do that in isolation, uh, we can uh, fall into the trap of uh, uh, creating a God rather than discovering a God. And, and I know that may sound uh, kind of semantic, but I think it's, uh, it's very, very important that we, that we have people that check us and say, yeah, that, I, I, have my, I have that same kind of experience when I pray. Or have you ever read this book or meditated upon this concept? Uh, so I, I think it's important that uh, people have personal relationships. As many of the uh, 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 Protestant uh, 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 communities say, you know, I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Yes, but you also have a relationship within the context of the community of all Christian believers. There are things that we, we share in common. And I think uh, it's got to be um, uh, both. Uh, I don't think it can be isolated, which is different than in uh, having an individual relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it really does come back to that whole concept of being connected that yes. you, you fill the hole in your soul through connections. And, and we know that um, people get better by being connected to other people. And um, if, you're a, if you're a therapist and you can connect to people, you're going to have good outcomes. If you're a program that connects to people, you're going to have good outcomes. So, you know, it, it all comes back to that lack of isolation and being connected. Which seems so simple. And, that, and, 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 you, and you, you remember all, all the movies and all the, the things. How do, how do they break people's spirits? They isolate them. Yeah. Well, how do, how, do we, how do we heal spirits? How do we heal people's souls? We connect them. Right. And, my, my, and, and so often my experience with, uh, uh, with God, with, uh, with our higher power, is uh, uh, through the experience of others. That I can say, yeah, I, that, that makes sense. That re- I can relate to that. Uh, I've had a similar experience. Uh, so I bet that connectedness, Mary, I think is so vitally important uh, to spiritual growth and balance. And we'll be right back after this commercial. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. 
Transformational healing includes energy medicine as well as hands-on healing. Tune in every week to Transformational Healing with Dr. Bonnie Morrow. If you want to know more about the business and science of energy fields, chakras, and the medical and spiritual community, join our expert guests as we work together to bring you closer to your personal health vision. Transformational Healing is heard live every Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you know about Reiki? This method of healing can complement Western medicine as well as other alternative practices. Besides healing, it can have the additional effect of making you feel more positive about yourself and the world around you. By tuning into For the Love of Reiki with host Paula Vale, you'll find how Reiki can improve your health, bring balance into your life, and fill you with joy. For the Love of Reiki is broadcast live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone. Um, we're talking today about spirituality and recovery with uh, Father Thomas Hoare, who is president of the St. Edmunds Retreat, Enders Island in Mystic, Connecticut. He's also a chaplain for the U.S. Naval Submarine Base in Groton, Connecticut. Uh, Father Tom, how can people get a hold of you if they want to know more about the retreat or anything that we're talking about? Well, um, we have a website, Enders Island, E-N-D-E-R-S, EndersIsland.com. And our and our uh, our phone number is eight six zero five three six zero five six five. That's EndersIsland.com or eight six zero five three six zero five six five. Thanks, Mary. You're welcome. And I was wondering, you had mentioned um, during the break that sometimes you go as part of being a chaplain um, for the Navy. You go out in a submarine. Do you feel isolated when you're out? Thousands of feet underwater in a, one of those tubes. Uh, the, uh, you know, the, most, uh, the most I've spent is a week uh, under there, uh, and no, I don't. I, I I wonder how somebody, some of the guys uh, uh, do it for you know nine months at a time because they they may, they go out for six or nine month deployments uh, and they you know uh, they don't often come up. Uh, if you're there for a week, it's uh, it's kind of exciting and different, and uh, it's it's easy to. Deal with it. it's it's the long term stuff, but you know um, it's interesting you you mentioned that I think one of the uh, uh, the things that happens uh, and that I've experienced with uh, with young people like in the Navy uh, uh, they're they're looking for uh, something to fill them uh, themselves up and a lot of them uh, have not you know they're young enough. Uh, that they haven't, they really haven't developed the uh, spiritual lives. Uh, many of them, and they, and they, they, that leads them into unhealthy, uh, addictive behaviors. Uh, not not substances, but other uh, gaming, gambling, uh, pornography, uh, other types of things that 
that that fills up that emptiness. So when we're talking about uh, uh, you know kind of the spiritual life, it's it, it provides such uh, an opportunity for balance in your life. And it's not just people dealing with mental illness or uh, uh, people dealing with um, uh, addiction issues. It's people who are, are trying to find healthy, holy, happy, uh, balanced, joyful lives. Uh, and when, when people have that uh, in their life, there's so much more uh, opportunity for balance and, and, and joy, contentment, um, than when, when it's missing. And so, you know, uh, when we when we talk about uh, uh, how do you how do you uh, have a, a spiritual life in recovery, I think it's uh, we need to uh, help people discover that it's important to have a spiritual life uh, in your life, not just if you're in recovery, but um, it, it makes uh, everyone's life so much more balanced and joyful. And, and I think that's true for, for those of us who are able to connect to it, but a lot of the folks that we see, um, probably at least half, have a history of some type of trauma. Um, oftentimes, they, they, sometimes they were brought up in um, without any kind of like religious upbringing. Sometimes they were brought, brought up in, um, in situations where um, you know, their religious experience wasn't very positive. So so how do you help those folks um, even believe that, that having um, spirituality is, is important to them? Well, I, what I tell uh, the, uh, the people I preach to all the time is, you know, we, we don't need people out screeching and preaching. What we need is we need people that are living and loving uh, uh, their faith. Uh, and, and I think that's the way we, we, uh, we help others to discover the reality of God's love is we show it to them by the way we live our lives. And, uh, and, we, and we help them to, uh, to, uh, to work through the trauma or the shame or the guilt or, or the misconceptions that they might have uh, about a, a, you know, a, a divine uh, person or, or a divine entity. And we, we show them that, uh, listen, I, I believe in God. Uh, and I have a... I have a, you know, relatively healthy balance. That doesn't mean my life is easy. Uh, and if you want, I can, I can share that with you. And, and it's a different than telling them, listen, if you don't believe the way I believe, you're going to go to hell. Because I think too many people are already afraid of that. Well, we need to, what I was telling people at Christmas time, I said, yeah, and I tweeted it out and it got retweeted uh, a couple hundred times. Don't complain about people who only come to church on Christmas and Easter. Stand in the back of the, the church. Let them sit up front. Let them feel welcome because maybe, just maybe, they'll come back. You know, um, and, I, and I think we've got to stop judging people and stop loving people because uh, John the Evangelist says in the beginning of the Gospel of John that, that uh, uh, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but that the world might be saved through him. So somehow we have to uh, share with, with people who, are, who don't know uh, a loving uh, a spiritual being about how we've fallen in love, how we, have, how we have heard the good news and how it's changed our lives. And not to, uh, to judge them, but to help them to, um, 
to let go of that shame and guilt and discover uh, uh, the, the wonder of God's love. You make it sound so easy. Yeah, you know, as they say in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, it's, it's simple. It's not easy. <laughs> if the message is simple. And if, but, if, but you stop and think of it. If all of us really uh, uh, spent our time talking about the joys of our lives, even in the midst of, our, of the struggles, because, I mean, I've had struggles. I mean, I've, I've struggled with uh, addiction. I've struggled with uh, cancer. I've struggled with all sorts of stuff. But there's a fundamental joy in my life, and I try to share that. And if we could do that and help others to do that, it, it begins to make sense because it's authentic. It's real. That's why uh, at 12-step meetings and group uh, uh, meetings, we share our experience, strength, and hope. Because they, people can then connect with that. So I guess to kind of sum up our, our discussion today is um, spirituality is about being connected. And it's, it's both a private and a shared experience. And absolutely. The, yeah. The, um, absolutely. Hope feeds spirituality. Oh, I think so. I think it's, a, it's, a, it's one of the primary components of it. Hope. Yeah. So for um, for people who are listening and um, they're looking for, where can you fall, where do people go to if they're on a spiritual journey and they're not connected to any religious denomination? Um, well, I, I think I think you know go to go to some of the uh, you know the the masters the spiritual masters of the of 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 the past and see, you know, um, uh, read St. Augustine's Confessions. I mean, that's the story of, of recovery. Um, and look, look at some of the, 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 the wonderful, great spiritual books of the, of the past. It might open a door. Well, thank you so much for uh, spending this hour with us, Father Tom, and Happy New Year, everyone. God bless you. Thank you. We appreciate you joining us today for one hour at a time. Successful recovery from a substance abuse problem or mental illness depends on education and support of loved ones. Thank you for being that support system. Be sure to tune in next week for another hour of education and compassion. One hour at a time. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.